This is the Pew Talk America Radio Network. Well, Lordy B, look at us. We are in the B Block, hour two of the show on our Q Talk America Tuesday. I, I am in studio with Aaron Henderson, Marnie Ryer, that's Al Perkins. I am Clayton McKee rounding out the cast as we do each and every Tuesday. Thanks to Nat and Joe and Mom and whoever else is in the chat room. Thank you all for tagging along. But I never even went on YouTube to see who's there. Well, there might be some there. Who the hell knows? Well, Bridget, Bridget's usually there. And sometimes oh, that's right. Bridget Lewison's there, right? Often? Anant, I checked for a pulse during the break, and he has a pulse. So we'll see how this all goes. <laughs> all right, kids. Well, we talked about a lot of what you've been doing, so you can listen to uh, show 390A back on demand and find out what we were talking about in hour one. But this will be 390B. It's called Headlines, and this is where we talk about headlines of all things, and it starts right now. Well, singer-songwriter Mariah Carey and famed scientist Marie Curie became an unlikely Twitter-trending bedfellow this past week as a mix-up over a cake happened. Toronto-based novelist Harriet Alida Lai revealed on Twitter how her cousin in England, uh, Sailbon Casey, I don't know why all these names are in this story, had asked her colleagues at the Hope for Chronic Conditions charity for a Carey-themed sweet treat cake to mark her special day. Well, they reportedly baked a cake featuring the Nobel Prize-winning scientist known for her pioneering research on radioactivity instead of the world-famous singer. Lai didn't immediately respond to Huffington Post's request for further information, but her tweets inevitably went viral and even caught the attention of Mariah Carey herself, who took the blunder in good humor. Cut to, here is a picture of the... (laughs) Marie Curie cake <laughs> that they uh, that they made for. Oh, I just thought that's funny. <laughs> it'd be so better. Marie Curie, that's really funny, Marie Curie. Yeah. That's it'd be funny. better that way than the other, like expecting this wonderful, intelligent woman scientist and getting like Mariah Carey in her fucking underwear. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. I'd rather have it this way. So I just like they found that picture and made a cake out of it. It's the best it. picture that they found. Uh, of her. Maybe a radioactive cake. I'm not sure. But I, I really like that... Um, that someone just assumed she's a smart girl. Yeah. Maybe her hero is is Marie Curie. Like, yeah. yeah. Women in science, man. That's, yeah. that's or, a thing. Or Bertha needs a hearing aid because she can't hear right. <laughs> By her hearing way. aid take next. Either oh, one. Erin, uh, your first story. Uh, pass. No. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Marnie sent me one. Sorry I'm so unprepared. I fail today. That's pretty much how we all do this. <laughs> well, it's how some of us so do Also, this. I haven't read this yet, Basically, so it's, bear it's with me. You, what you do is you, you edit on the fly. Yeah. You don't oh, have to read the I'm entire story. I'm a teacher. I'm good at this shit. Okay, yeah. so the teacher had to do it's that It's official. Child molesters in Alabama will now be chemically castrated. Republican Alabama governor, uh, that dumb bitch, signed a bill into law Monday that will require some sex offenders to undergo chemical castration one month prior to being released from custody and will also ensure that offenders have to foot the bill for the treatment. Under the law, offenders, quote, convicted of a sex offense involving a person under the age of 13, will have to be chemically castrated a month ahead of release and would also require be required to continue treatment, quote, until the court deems the treatment is no longer necessary. Offenders also have to pay for the procedure, et cetera, et cetera. And chemical castration, just first so you know, is defined in the law as the receiving of medication, including but not limited to this really long medical word, this other medical word, treatment, or its chemical equivalent that, among other things, reduces, inhibits, or blocks the production of testosterone, hormones, or other chemicals in a person's body. Why the body. hell does a, do people just go on that willingly? 
facts, right? I wish I could put every one of my students on oh, this shit. I, no I, more babies. I, I, no more babies. You should have to pass a test to be able to breed. You should you should be born sterile and have to get an antidote to fix it. <laughs> I th- I truly oh suggested last year that we put some form of birth control in the drinking fountains at school because I'm done with my girls being pregnant. I'm done with it. I've, it's I've ridiculous. fucking fed up. Two of my favorite girls that I like my girls graduated with babies in their bellies. Wow. Fuck that shit. Now, it, is it a lack of sex education? Is it just horniness? It's ignorance and horniness. Yeah. That's because all of these kids know. I, here's my what I do at prom night. I stand next to my beautiful fiance and I love on her and then I go around and whisper in all the boys' ears, wrap it, wrap it, wrap <laughs> it. Every single one of them because I don't want fucking babies. Are you permitted as a school a, a official, a school teacher, a, a chaperone, however... Are you permitted to actually hand out condoms? So no, but my solution is in my room I have a like a bin and in this bin there are tampons and pads for, you know, whatever and there are also um <clears throat> condoms, female condoms and lube. All of it in this bin courtesy of the of the gay pride who are the people that always hand out all the mass right. events quantity yeah. get yeah. tested people and, they ha- well, and I tell yeah. them I'm going to take this for my students and they hand me bags they go fill all these up. So I'm not Handing students condoms. Yep. However, if a student comes into my room and needs a condom, they know where it is. They take it and nope. yeah. it's all the and I haven't given any okay, condoms. Right. Okay, but still, I'm sure somewhere there's a fine line on this. Mm-hmm. My question is, yes. and I and I'm all about you doing that. Could I get in trouble? Yes. Really? Yes. No. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're promoting. Yeah. Right. Sex. She's promoting, but I also can't get right, kids Advil. This, I you're can't promoting them kids. doing it safely, not yeah. fucking up their whole lives or other people's lives. Right. Do you know uh, last week? Last week, I'm sure this is a white man issue. Like somebody on a board yeah. somewhere have decided that this can't be done. Like in yeah. Iowa, like Grassley, probably. Right, <laughs> or somebody from Missouri. Last week, I oh. took one of my students who is 18 but will not tell her mom that she's pregnant. I took her to a clinic to get an abortion consultation because she needed a ride and she needed a caring adult with her. And and now that she's no longer my student, she graduated, and now she's 18. I am truly just a caring adult in her life. And I went with her, and I sat with her, and I paid her copay and whatever. I answered and, questions, uh, but yeah. And I believe support. she's scheduling an abortion for this week, and I will also drive her to that and fully yeah. support her in this decision. Yep. And and because she can't afford a copay, so how the fuck is she going to afford diapers? Mm-hmm. And that's where we start. I'm I was thinking about on. having one, but I don't know how many yeah, I think weeks you're too far, yeah. I'm. Yeah. I've, got, I've got the <laughs> station going on. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, why are all of you wearing black and I'm not? This is, this is I'm, well, you always, always wear it, and that's. Wear it. Charcoal. Okay, never yeah. mind. I'm yeah. not offended anymore. Covered with tissue. <laughs> Green. Yes. Get your lint brush here in a minute. Yeah. And nuts. the worst part is that usually happens when I didn't shave, but I shaved today. Um, Mine. Okay, that's chemical crest. Well, I mean, uh, good on you because oh yeah, edu- yes. education is the is the middle ground to this. Like, the more educated you are, the smarter choices you make. Yes. The less chances you have of having an unwanted pregnancy. Yes. And if you're given all the tools to avoid an unwanted pregnancy. And you don't. If then. you just constantly and tell boys condoms, 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 yes. condoms, condoms. It is just as much your responsibility as it is. And, oh, 100%. And the boy who knocked this girl up um, is very special to me as like a son that I never have truly. And he was like almost a little bit his feelings hurt with the, um, she's, but what if you have a baby? And I said to him, your only job right now, your only job is to support whatever decision she makes. Period. The end. No. You have no say. I don't care how much of you went into her, but you have no, no fucking say. say. No. No, None. Like, mm-mm. and you know, he pouted a little bit and then I was like, you don't have a car. 
how are you going to take a baby to the emergency room? He's like, right. mm. <laughs> you know, these idiots. And that's just one small aspect of it. Right, hey, you're going right. to do all right. the other You also don't have a job. Well, yeah. and there was just something. You don't make good when, decisions. <laughs> period. Yeah, yes. yeah, start with that. <laughs> yeah. When you're talking about, like, can she just hand out a condom up until now? You weren't uh, up until just recently. The no homo law. Yeah, mm-hmm. you weren't even able to discuss, and and this has nothing to do with getting pregnant, but the it's the <laughs> exact opposite actually. Um, but she wasn't even able to discuss any other relationship. Right. We could only the when I taught sex ed. So when I taught in elementary school, we taught human growth and development, and then when we when I taught in middle school, they had Catholic charities come in and do that and they showed pictures of people with like herpes in their eyeballs which always scare the kids <laughs> enough truly they're like we saw herpes in the eyes I'm like did you learn how to use a condom but anyway yeah, um, yeah no yeah. no they so did two not. things that no, might happen just, if you I don't use a condom blind. I right. Blind. Right. Yeah. oh god but truly, all that can happen when I taught the human growth and development we could only promote heterosexual relationships as healthy relationships period mm-hmm. that's the only that's the only relationship you could ever mention um, and, and it had to mention in it, the paperwork. Right? It was in the paperwork yeah. that parents had to sign that they would only promote um, heterosexual relationships and the, whatever. And it wasn't until we have our new superintendent of public instruction, Kathy Hoffman, who is horribly socially awkward but smart. Yeah, she yeah. pushed this through. Where now the no homo—that's no homo law—is mm-hmm. now off the books officially. And now it doesn't say like promote the gay, but it also doesn't say acknowledge you can only, the gay. You, no. Right, it's right. no longer because now you just. have these classrooms that are going to have that's right. kids in them that are going to have. To be fair, we had them then too, but no. now we right. acknowledge them. Of course, them. You yeah. did. Yeah. It was kind right. of like, and it came up in Mrs. Doubtfire, where like they were talking about sometimes people are raised by their grandparents. Mm-hmm. Like you so, have to, like there was that little conversation about all families don't look right. alike. Right. Mm-hmm. Going back to your Again. comment before about where where are you allowed and where are you accepted? Where are you allowed? And right. then the whole mm-hmm. thing of like there are there are single moms raising and they've been raising them for right. decades, but we've acted like they don't exist. There right. are single fathers right. raising mm-hmm. children. Yeah. And we've been acting like they don't we exist. We still act like they don't and exist. Who, who benefits from that? I just don't understand. And again, this come up in entertainment. I don't understand who benefits White, from these White Protestant ideas. heterosexual Bible Belt Americans. But, but if period. their if their marriage success rate was even one percent better right. than anybody else, but they're getting divorced, and they have rate. the Same most rate. unwanted pregnancies and the, the highest rate of child of infant death, and like it, it's astronomical. Yeah, because then you're going to scoop right in there with some I asshole too, that, that found out uh, they don't want to give their kids, they don't want to, you know, uh, vac- vaccinate their children. You're like, oh, oh God, those fucking morons. stupid just keeps coming at you. Oh, those fucking morons. Yes. It's a whole other topic. All right. Martin. Idiots. Well, this being the month of the pride mm-hmm. for the gays, uh, there was someone who I thought should get a shout out, uh, and her name is Ruth Coke. Coker Burks. Um, she is a woman who cared for hundreds of abandoned gay men that were dying of AIDS uh, between 1984 and the mid-90s, before better HIV drugs uh, effectively rendered her obsolete, um, which, thank God. Yeah, thank Jesus. But mm-hmm. it is certainly something that, that also makes uh, people think that then they're invincible as well. So I think that's... Right, and it's why anyway. rent doesn't hit the same bone because right, right. somebody waking up and living from AIDS is not doesn't like shock you because right. you're like, well, you could live. Can sure. we talk about that too later? Yeah, and people living with living with living with not dying right. from disease. Right. Like, now right. that's that's was they unheard all, of right. in 1996. Right. Like when right. that show came out, that didn't ha- no one lived. Right, 
There right. was no one living. Sure. So Unless, somebody coming back from the void. Right. She got, what, she got two weeks? Right. 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 <laughs> and let's revisit I mean, Black Mimi when we have time. Um, <laughs> oh, please. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I've done some research for you on that one. Because um, it'll come up in entertainment. Okay, good. So, <laughs> I can't wait for entertainment tonight. Yeah, this gal, uh, Ruth, had, I, and I enjoyed the fact that her name was Ruth. Mm-hmm. And that she was a nurse. And I just, I thought that uh, homage. Mm-hmm. Yep. To, good women. To the, to the Ruth. Um, anyway, she was 25 years old in 1984 and went to a hospital uh, with a friend of hers who was going through some cancer treatments. And when she was there, uh, she kept seeing some, uh, kept seeing the nurses drawing straws to go into a room that was covered with a red, a red Ugh. bag. Um, and she would watch them draw straws and then say, you know, best two out of three. Can we draw again? Like, nobody wanted to go into this room. She knew what it probably was, even though it was early in the epidemic, um, for the disease to be called GRID, yeah, Gay-Related, gay-related immune, immune Deficiency, deficiency mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, instead of AIDS uh, at the time. She had a cousin that was in Hawaii that was gay, so she was somewhat familiar um, and had asked him about the gay plague and things like this. Anyway, uh, whether because of her curiosity, uh, which is what she believes today, or some kind of higher power, which is her belief, um, she eventually disregarded the warnings on the red door and snuck into the room, which just... Good on her. Yeah. Um, anyway, in the bed was a skeletal young man, wasted away less than 100 pounds. Uh, he told her that he wanted to see his mother before he died. And so this is kind of where her plight started. Um she walked out and the nurses said, you didn't go in that room, did you? And, and she said, yeah, but he wants his mom. Well, she came to learn that the mom had, had completely disowned him. Of course. Yeah, of course. Right? Mm. Family. Um, so, un- and they were like, they laughed, the nurses. Which just, it, it was like, you just want to punch somebody at that oh, point. Yeah. They just laughed and were like, uh, nobody is coming. Um, anyway, she, she was able to find a way to get a hold of the mom. Um, and she said, if you hang up on me, I'm going to call you again and again. I will put your son's obituary in your hometown newspaper and I'll list his cause of death. Like she was just good on you, Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, according to her, uh, her son was a sinner. Um, she didn't know what was wrong with him and didn't care. Um, she wouldn't come as he was already dead to her, et cetera. So what happened? That's parenting. It. Right. Right. And, and so this, and, and at the time. That was the thing. Yeah. I'd rather have Mike TV's mom who yeah. straps him up into Mike a chair ben. and talks about, yeah. Yeah. Riddle. Um, so she kept going in and just saying, I'm here, honey. I'm here. Mm. And holding his hand. She would bathe him and help him and stayed with him for 13 hours um, until he took his last breath. Mm. And this is where, again, it started. Um, the Her family uh, had. Her family had been buried in a place called Files Cemetery. Ruth's family? Ruth's yeah. family, mm-hmm, sorry. Which is a half acre uh, close to Springs, Arkansas. Um, a half acre from, from Springs, Arkansas. And so she started taking all the people that she cared for and, and had loved in their last uh, moments and provided um, as a family. Uh, she started burying them there. Uh, would Aww, take their ashes. Oh, I love it. Um, so she because mortuaries knew. were hard to come by at the time. Oh, too, sure. because, yes. Especially in that part of the country, 
uh, morticians were not right. They wouldn't touch you. Yeah, they were thro- no. they were throwing bodies in the dumpster for real. Well, the yeah. uh, so that's where she buried the ashes of this man, the the first man, and that's where this started. After a second call to his mother, confirmed she had nothing to do with him, even in death. No one wanted him, and I told him that I would take him to my beautiful little cemetery where my daddy and grandparents were buried, and they would watch out for him. Oh, and so she. Uh, went to a funeral home for cremation um, and it was the closest place that could uh, she could afford mm-hmm. really um, and it was a cardboard box and so she started burying at least 43 people she believes is the number mm-hmm. holy shit um, and she has over the years the, that became one of the, the go to places um, and it was it was something within this article where she's up in her attic. She has books um, of the names, and she calls them her death books. Um, she's the only person who knows where these people are buried. She live? So? Um, yes. Uh, in fact, yes. here's a picture of her right there. Yeah, thank you. Thank oh. you, Clayton. She's yeah. very young for what I was picturing. Well, she was 25, 25 and 84. And 84 oh, so yeah, that's true. We're only okay. adding 30, 40 so years. 60. Good on yeah. her. Yep. Good um, on you, Ruth. Um, yeah, really. And and she didn't have any, like, she soon stockpiled what she called, like, an underground pharmacy because she was caring for them. Which sure. Her home, like, created her own hospice, basically. Oh. And uh, people would die and leave the, her their medications. Um, oh, and then she'd just save it for mm-hmm. the next... Oh, yep. yep. And, and she lady. said that financial help was, was something that... Am I having deja vu? Did you tell me about this a month or so ago? Mm-mm. I feel like you told me this story. No. Not but, on the air, but... Like, no. Oh, yes. Yes. You did tell me this yeah, story. Yeah, because I had this that, one. Because that this. specific portion mm-hmm. about the, the drugs that she saved yep. is what I mm-hmm. really remember. Yeah, I forgot. Yes, because I've had this story, and I just thought it would be uh, would be better mm-hmm. um, for, for this time. So, mm-hmm. anyway... Uh, she just it was really fantastic um and one of the the keys um to her being able to raise money was through drag queens mm. of course Aww, yeah. of right? course because the community um, shows up for each other she said i don't know what i what i would have done uh, had it not been for them so i just i i love that it goes back uh to us all helping each other right yeah and and coming together um and she said, I watch these men take care of their companions and watch them die. Mm-hmm. I've seen them go in and hold them up, and, and I've held, held them up in the showers. Um, they would come in and help. I mean, it just was this whole picture of, of love. Compassion, yeah. And compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, Which and is it, another thing. When they sing in Rent, will I lose my dignity? Right, will someone care? Right, right, will right, I right, wake tomorrow right. from the... Again, these don't have the... They don't, they don't they have don't. the same urgency that they did in 1990 and that's why that show is locked in 1996 and it's po- right it's so powerful but when to you us have watching all it these people sitting right. in a room singing will i lose my dignity will someone care right. that's what they're singing about yeah these people that were left alone that's one of my favorite lying in their own the filth uh-huh. that had no dignity left like there was just nothing left that's why i get so passionate about rent mm-hmm. because that show is of that minute really yeah, yeah sure. it, mm-hmm. it's just that show is brilliant and it's got some problems but it also hits on 
1996, right. that minute, like no one yes. knew that the light was about to turn on. That, yes, that you're yeah. exactly right. Like no one knew that the the, the antivirals were on their way right. later that same year. And if all I that could stuff. bring somebody back to life, Jonathan Larson would hands down be one of the people. Yeah, because he list. fixed yeah. the one problem in Act One. The, uh, <laughs> Miss Ebony yeah. Maury, when he was a nurse mm-hmm. back in Chicago, that's right. one of the things he did too. Not the burial part, not all right, the other, right. but he was one of the first nurses back in the day who was not afraid. He just walked in and said, "I'm going to take care of them," and just right. started doing yep. that. Yeah. Millie was another one. His uh, his right. his sister Millie. Sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the you're talking about the drag queen start everything. Mm-hmm. Well, the Aunt Reedy's Foundation here started by Tish Tanner yeah. and Skip O'Neill when they started doing bake sales and drag shows to raise money right. for Aunt Reedy's Foundation, which was mm-hmm. exactly doing yeah, yeah. people living Sundays with so. living with living with not uh, dying, dying from, from disease yeah, yeah. Like, like just and and just brilliant to to know those people and to I don't know I'm I just. Yeah, I give that up to them because they, you know, you didn't. She didn't think at the time. This gal, um, Ruth, did not sure. think that that you know her work would become obsolete. It didn't see. It, there was no end in sight. Yeah. Right. In that Thank time. God it did. Right. Oh, right. Right. Yes. Yes. She and should be winning awards. Is she winning awards? In 2013, she went to bat for three foster children who were removed from an elementary school near Pea Ridge, which is really just a fucking shame that that's what it's called. Um, because they had heard, the administrators had heard that one of them might be HIV positive, and she just couldn't believe, like she was beside her fucking self, that, that in 2013 right. this was going on. So she uh, she really is um, just something, something. Uh, Should have moved in Arizona and put them in my in class. 19, in 1984 it started. They just kept coming and coming. They knew they would be remembered, loved, and taken care of. And that someone would say a kind word over them when they oh. died. Mm-hmm. None. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and and I saw Mr. Perkins riding yesterday. Um, <laughs> trying to ride my trying bike. Trying to ride his R-I-D-I-N-G, bike. R-I-D-I-N-G. Riding. You saw him riding? Riding. I was riding bike. my bike uh-huh. yesterday from the movies, yeah. Yeah. And and this was the story I was, right, I was right, right. telling you about. So, anyway. And the, 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 good, the good works were happening in that part of the country, too. Yeah. Um, and Just I amazing. think I had told you it was San Francisco, but it wasn't. I was thinking she was San Francisco with us, but Arkansas. And right. here, here is uh, here's Miss Coker back in the day when she yeah. was when she was busy running around doing all that work yeah. when she was a young young kid, twenty five years old to to walk in and just be like this. You know, my mom was a hospice nurse for uh, a period of time, um, and when and and I believe I've told the story before about Brian who. Uh, Jason and I, my Jason Covert, we were we were trying to do like this. Um, um, I don't getting together like a calling tree, right? Of if you don't have family, oh, what right, right, does right. that look like, yeah. right? Um, to be able to have someone who can go and sit with someone if they've given up on you, if they've let you go, and. And here, my mom was like, "Well, there has to be something, right?" And I said, "Well, yeah, of course there, of course there is. I'll find out about it." And so I started calling, and all of a sudden, I'm calling and I'm calling and I'm calling, and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I realized three days had gone by, yeah. and all I was doing was fucking calling. So I went and sat with him. I met Brian. He uh, he was um, he had rectal cancer and uh, AIDS and. 
the smell of peppermint still kind of takes me to an odd place because yeah. that's what they put in the room. Yeah, we we use that to cover up smells. Right, and and oh. so it it really just when I smell peppermint, it kind of you don't you're not a nurse and enjoy peppermint ever right, again. Right, and going <laughs> in there, it was just very interesting to see who wanted to go and who didn't, and and the only reason I certainly am not putting myself in any kind of place with her, but I had to try to find out where am I going to bury this guy? Because mm-hmm. his family had said no. And mom and I just kept trying to call and call and call. And we finally made one last call and got a hold of a sister who had not known. And she's like, we're on our way. And came in from New Jersey and grabbed some I remember the story. I don't yeah. know why. You've, I, you've obviously yeah. shared the story with me. Well, he had he wasn't eating anything. He wasn't... Um, but there was something he liked. What was Kentucky the Kentucky Fried Chicken? Kentucky Fried yeah. Chicken. Okay. Yeah, and he. I was like, "Do you want anything?" Because Mom said he won't eat anything, and they weren't going to push it. You know, I right, mean, yeah. it was. But but he didn't want anything, and he didn't have. And he loved America's Got Talent. Terry Fader was his. Mm. Like he just wanted Terry Fader to win, mm. and he died the day after Terry Fader won. Oh, we uh, watched that together. Well, I, I say all the time, people hold on for stuff. They and you do, never right? Know. You never know what. And and we watched that that final uh, America's Got Talent, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I took him um, Kentucky Fried Chicken. He's like, I just want Kentucky, and he basically just wanted to smell it. Sure, like, he ate some of it. But I, I mean, I walked in there because you know me. I don't typically overdo things. I'm anyway, sorry. What? So, <laughs> so I walked in with like anything and everything you could have—the biscuits and the right, gravy yeah. and the coleslaw and anything that that uh, you know. Not because anyone thought he was going to eat it, but just so it was there. It was there. Sure. But when I this this gal, I just thought, good on you. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. For people to just. No, like to, that holding someone's hand. Yeah, I well, I, not to tell tales out of school, but um, one night when I was supervising that little weird job that I have, where I'm not really a supervisor, but I'm supervising, um, we had somebody who they had withdrawn care from. You know, they had taken off life support, but he didn't die. Okay. And yeah. then we have a place, and there's a, a unit in the hospital that specializes in that, and usually we'll tell the family, you know, it's time to leave the ICU. Go somewhere more private, much more calm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not oh, in this yeah. environment of like you know, the bells going noises. off, the yelling and screaming. There's a much more quiet unit. Yeah. But there was the thought he he doesn't have long enough left for the move. So mm-hmm. we were just kind of checking to see, like, you know, how how is he progressing? What's going on? What's what's the status there? And I just happened to like look down at the name and finally, like, after a couple hours, and be like. Jesus Christ, that can't possibly be my friend. Hmm. And then I, like, looked at the birthday, and I'm like, well, that's the one thing I remember about him is that birthday. Mm. And uh, then I had to go on, like, and I don't even know how to pronounce it, LinkedIn? I always called it LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn. Yeah, I I do not know what that means, but for some reason I have an account. And he's, like, the only person that ever found me or I looked for or something. I think I was just stalking somebody, and I ended up, like, so I was able (laughs) to establish, like, this was this person. And I'm like, you know, are any of the the prefixes for the phone number from Detroit? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I knew some family was from from Detroit, and it was my friend whose family had just left because they had said their goodbyes. They had stayed with him. He was not alone, but now he was going through his Ugh. last few hours alone. And I was like, you know what? I have to like either clock out, or you can call me in sick, or whatever has to happen. 
But and they were like, "Well, should we have the chaplain come up?" And I'm like, "You know what? It might be better if it's me, not the chaplain." Yeah. And I just like sat there for the last couple hours and told him stories yeah. about his dog from the '80s and oh, all the you. rides that we went to and all the things that yeah. he and Renee and I did. And yeah. It, but it was one of those things where you're like, "This this shouldn't happen." Like mm-hmm. one of my first friends in Arizona, yeah. I shouldn't be here at his deathbed, and yeah. he wasn't alone because anyone abandoned him. They right. had a very sick mom, and they were doing two hospitals. Sure, sure. And they had said goodbye, but, but he still, just how made, powerful yeah. for you to have been there, right. and how kind of you to have been there. Oh yeah, and to just yeah. like and to just sit, and that mm-hmm. and you know and tell stories and be and like, speak. at least mm-hmm. that's your last, right? The last you have is like stories you remember, kindness, and that, and I'm I'm a firm believer in karma, and I'm. I mean, yeah. that kindness will come yeah. back to you, and I mean, d- you spread it, <laughs> spread right, that yeah. shit around like yeah. confetti, my yeah. friend. And it was one of those days where you're like, well, there is a, there is a reason Thank why this job sure kind of fucked right. me. Like, like right. if that was the right. only reason, was to puts everything else into perspective. Yeah, and about that fucking dog that I hated. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, dogs are the best part of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Give him a, pe- a pet smart I card. No, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. You know, it, yeah. So, and the, <laughs> thank you for sharing that because that really is. I mean, that's. It's amazing when you look at someone and you say, is there anyone you want me to call? And someone looks up at you and they're like, nobody. Oh, yeah. Do you just, no, no. They, nobody. Um, uh, there is something that my friend Jenny, who <coughs> some of you have now met, one of the most amazing people on the planet. And when it's time to pronounce someone at the end of a code or just because, you know, their time is up and which happens where I work way too frequently. Sure. Um she, some of the doctors will be like, does anyone have anything they'd like to add? Or is there anything that someone could think of that we should try before we call this? No, sure. And then she always says, and she always finds a way to like see that armband and find out the name or read it on the board. And she always says, can we just take a moment and acknowledge the life of this person? Sure. And it's not a religious thing. She right. is religious, but it's not religion. Right. It's just to take a moment and acknowledge that a life yeah. has been lost. Yeah. Honor that they existed. Yep. Honor their presence mm-hmm. on this planet. Right, and just and take spirit. that minute. Yes. And it really is. And I remember that, like, the one of the first times I was ever at a code in training and hearing that and just thinking, like, and again, because it always stays in my head that will I lose my dignity? Will someone mm-hmm. care? Right. Like, it always stayed with me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to work somewhere where we're going to acknowledge just the dignity of being a person yeah. and I, I probably say it all the time the power of saying someone's name, name. like the power That's that right. it gives yes. to acknowledge their name and that a group of people at their bedside when they died for whatever reason right. have acknowledged the name it's sure. just it's very powerful and it is it is. That's and why it's we one call of those, you Ernie. Yeah. It is. Yes, thank you all for acknowledging <laughs> my presence I may not say the, the right universe. name, but I've said but someone's But by God, stuff. there's a name. Yes. And that's yeah. why I'm so amazed Tucker. because the fact that in that chaos, while she's running a code, <laughs> yeah. she yeah. finds out the person's name and right. I'm like, oh my God, it's like, how does she keep yeah. nine thoughts in her head and re- can't keep that name? And sometimes it is written on the wall and it should be easier well, for me to turn around and sure. look. But, but, but that's I don't, I I don't have the peace of mind during those situations to do my job and like But you have the peace of mind in other places to honor people like that and to acknowledge like that. Exactly. It's, we all have our strengths. And as I said, it's one of those things where you just you just have to give it up for that. And I think it's one of those things that when you when you find something in someone, um, because to this day, I don't want to miss an America's Got Talent. Right. It's yeah. As silly as, as that might is, sound. Yeah. We watch it together. We do. We do. And it's that happiness. It's right. that and honestly, it 
might be silly to anybody else. And after else, I die, you'll I all just, watch the Oscars. That, be like, well, well, I, not all of maybe. them. Maybe. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> tune in for like 20 minutes. Just, just for the memoriam. Uh, but, but that's something that I feel like in some small way that Brian is there. That, yeah. that Brian's able to be there and just enjoy just that. I don't know. That moment. So, Do you think yeah. he liked the walrus? I think he'd love the walrus. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would oh. love the walrus, yes. So, uh, Botswana, for any of you know that when that became a country, uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun came out. And so how we remember the name of that country was in Botswana. In Botswana. <laughs> I knew that the second you said that, I knew where you were going with that one. So, but Botswana, oh my god, I love that. (laughs) That's how I remember that from school because I was convinced she just found out it was a country too when she sang that song. (laughs) (laughs) But they scrapped gay sex laws and big victory for LBGTQ plus rights in Africa. Um, Botswana's high court has overturned a colonial era law decriminalizing consensual same-sex relations and a landmark victory for Africa's um, movement. The court in southern African country unanimously ruled on Tuesday that the legislation was discriminatory, unconstitutional, and against the public interest. A democratic society, they said, is one that embraces tolerance, diversity, and open-mindedness. Mindedness. Noting that discriminatory law not only serves as a... Um, detriment. I am so sorry. A detri- okay. I, I wanted it to be a different word, and I was going to keep reading that till it's till those letters changed. A detriment to the LGBTQ people, but holds back all of society. Societal inclusion, essential, and ending poverty, and fostering shared prosperity. The ruling comes just a month after Kenya's high court upheld its laws criminalizing homosexuality. So there's lots of fights to be done there in Africa. Um, so you know, small victories here and there. Um, I'm not sure, Anant, when your pride is. I, f- I feel like it already happened because I remember you missed it because you something came up and you couldn't go. So hopefully you'll get to go this year. Um, but I thought that I've, I've had that story for a couple weeks because I just thought that was wonderful mm-hmm. that some Does parts of Africa think, are progressing. I am Africa. <laughs> <laughs> it's not far off. Right. Book of Mormon will be here in August, my friends. We can relive that moment together. It's all about the rains. <laughs> I, I miss them. I miss them as well. Yeah, yeah here in Africa. Yeah, down in Africa. Shit. Oh, Book of Mormon's coming back in November? Yeah. yeah. No, oh, August. Or August, I'm sorry. I am Africa, just like Bono. I am Africa. That's fucking the white funny privilege as shit. I know. Fuck you, God, in the ass, Mother Cunter. That's my favorite line. I would like show. to see that again. I'm from, fuck you from, in the other eye. Yeah. From better seats than I had when I saw it the first time. Cause well, if we have, we may have an extra seat. You can join us. We'll see how that Remind me out. that I said yeah. that. The clits get cut right off. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm wet with salvation. I love it. <sighs> God, that's good shit. And it's still, like, still, you never get lower than a giggle. No. You never mm. get, like, there's not mm. one point of that show where you're not like, oh, I'm still laughing at that. I'm I excited for Marnie to see, to see it. it again. Yeah. Because the first time she saw it, there were these horrible, uppity, old-ass white ladies. No, the one who was in front, was there were older white, these older white women, but then there was this young cunt who was just sitting there. Every time Marnie laughed, because she has a loud laugh sometimes, every time she laughed, like belly laughed, they would turn around and give her a dirty look. And then it got to the point where she was in her head so much hating these women that she couldn't enjoy the show. Well, because I kept trying not to laugh, because I thought, well, I don't want to, but... I thought my jugular. But fuck was those pop. motherfuckers, babe! You laugh. Oh my I, god! I, I have been asked thought. to move 
three distinct times in the theater, and once was self-imposed. The drow- I think it was the drowsy chaperone. I we just changed seats because it just became embarrassing for sure. everybody. Sure. And then I come back to Arizona, and I'm talking to Tim that used to work for a stage brush. Yep. And I'm telling him about my theater trip, and he was like, I, I saw the Drowsy Chaperone. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, I almost peed my pants. Like, I did not handle that well. He's like, oh, my God. You didn't see the Wednesday night show. I'm like, I did. He's like, we were, like, wondering who the fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, I moved. He's like, and you moved in the second uh-huh. act. I'm like, I did. Because uh-huh. we were way too close. And I couldn't, I just could not take oh another God, minute of amazing. it. I was laughing so hard at that show. <laughs> I was just delighted by every second of that. I had my That's seats great. moved for a show. I worked at Gamage for eight years. So, like, I know the people and I know the procedures and whatever. And there was a fucking idiot behind me chewing gum like oh. this. Mm. The whole show. And, like, and, opening bags and, and things. But, and, and I'm very distracted by noises. So, like, I wish I had headphones like this all the time because it would keep me focused. Um... But I went to the box office and I said, there's a loud tour behind me. I need to move. And they moved my seat because it was so fucking distracting. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of shit, fuck off. Laughing, laugh all you want, my friends. It's joy. I hope it's they also sent mind. a letter to him. Being, yeah. You, you are theater a etiquette. disrespectful prick. Theater etiquette. The end. Soap dish. Someone asked me to move and completely legitimate because I still can't sit through that last scene. Can't <laughs> do it. I've never seen it. I, I, started, I right. started screaming. I hyperventilated. <laughs> I started to lose consciousness, and I can even, re- I know the dialogue by heart, and I still can't get through it. Oh, my God. When he gets to brain fever, Bran Flakes. And then when they all just look at it, because he forgot his glasses, and he can't read anything on the teleprompter, and they have to keep cueing him. I got nothing, but this oh my is, God. I want to watch you watch One it. The, oh, my God. It'll kill you. And then um, Overboard with Goldie Hawn. Uh-huh. They came and told me. Yeah. I had like I had to Shut move. Up. The people behind me went to the management and they said he cannot it. sit behind yeah. me anymore. And I was like, you were the equivalent of gum chewing. Yeah, it was fair because yeah. I from that point on, I don't know what happens in that movie. I'm just done. The falsetto child. I reached a crescendo. Roy, falsetto child. Come on, honey. Roy, Trav, sweet Trav. Okay. I mean, I just, I couldn't take, I could not take it. No one should have. That's the part. That's the part where I just went off, I went off the rails into some new kind of laughter that has never been experienced before. And I, it never came back. My friend that saw it with me said, I don't know what happened in that movie. She's like, at one point it just became like watching you lose your mind. And I'm like, just a breath. Like, let me take one, I just want one breath. If you could just let me. I've seen it, but I don't remember any of this. This is the therapy session where I wrote this song. I mean, every single line is just like I wrote it. Like, it's just my sense of humor that her therapist is so can, oh so into true. himself that he's at the piano oh playing God, the song he so wrote. Oh, I really, I want to watch this with you. That's all I want. I want to watch oh, all these things next to you for the rest never of my life. Anything. And I'll start laughing. Like, I don't care. Because I know it's coming I don't now. care. I, I want to watch when it. She rolls off the bed, and then she rolls off the bed the other way, and then she goes one more time. Was I born in dog patch? <laughs> Don't they have dogs in Sweden? You place the food on their tongue. You don't shove it down their throat. <laughs> I have said to so many people. To those in the chat room, I'm as lost as you are at the moment. I haven't seen Anytime the Anytime somebody does something really bizarre, I'm like, don't they have dogs in Sweden? That's my, that's my just standard response to people. I need to this weekend watch that movie. Oh. The end. Again, because it's more than movies actually have in my life. But. Unedited and uncensored, because that's the way you get through it. 
I still love that line. It's a hell of a dance, Caesar. Hell sir. of a dance, Caesar. I mean, just when you thought I'd stop laughing, then someone comes up with something brilliant like that. There's a lady in an evening gown over for her. Oh my god. <laughs> Just and funny for me watching the cross you It's amazing. The cross-eyed. Oh my god! The presidents when they do all the presidents on, on Mount Rushmore cross-eyed. I'm done. Cross-eyed jokes still funny too. Oh my god! This is my favorite moment. It's coming back. All of the scenes of that movie because oh my god, there are so many. And Catherine Hellman playing Jody or jo- playing uh, Goldie Hawn's mother. Baby, you won't be the baby. <laughs> Like I could have written, I I was like oh. nineteen, twenty years old. I could have written every line in that movie. That movie is so my sense of humor, from beginning to end. When the husband walks into the hospital because she's lost her mind, and they they all hate her. They're like, he's Thank like, you. they will can, can I see her? And he walks through. He looks through the window. And he goes, and he hears her bitching about something. He goes, no, no, that's not her. That's yeah. Not her. And then she goes. Terrible wig. <laughs> She's not very nice. <laughs> that's, on the, that's the news broadcast. The local news broadcasting that they found this woman. She's on a stretcher, completely soaked. In like a prison garb and a life preserver. And she just pulls on the interviewer thing. It's, it's a terrible wig. She's not very nice. <laughs> but if you know this woman, please call. <laughs> Oh. Oh. Did I just go downhill? It's all coming back to you. <laughs> and then my neighbors, when they fix their house, they they put they they change the garage into a um into a bedroom, and they had me over to show me their like all their upgrades. And as I'm walking through, I'm like, did I just go downhill? <laughs> And I almost peed my pants. <laughs> Stop laughing because they couldn't fix the slope of the floor, so they had the overboard bedroom. So I literally got to say somebody in their bedroom, "Did I just go downhill?" And then, oh. and then I was so amused at myself I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> And I had to just leave because oh. <laughs> I wanted to just keep walking up and walking down. Did I just go down here? Uh, <laughs> Tell me something about myself that's not horrible. Yes. What? <laughs> what? It was a short, fat slut. Did <laughs> <laughs> I used to be shorter? <laughs> <laughs> What he asked her what her maiden name was. What's her maiden name? Okay. It's like Gula. 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 My name was Gula. I don't know who I am, but I'm sure I have this a lawyer. Shit has <laughs> My God. Seriously. So you can imagine when this was all new to me. This all just sits in my brain ready to just take out when I'm in a bad mood. And on a huge screen in a theater. Oh, oh. I, I mean, I, did, I lost I lost my mind. Oh. And seriously, when they asked me to move, I was my friend was like, that's fair. Like, I don't know what's going on right, right there. <laughs> so Botswana. Gay rights. Yay, yay. There's the, I love Goldie Hawn. There's the takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, when he starts laughing, sweat. I'm done. Good and I'm just done. 
Well, making the smooth oh transition. God, I'm sitting on vinyl. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, making the smooth transition from from Botswana and overboard uh, into politics. Oh. Um, politicians oh. should take take. <laughs> they should take note. If you want to spread your mission far and wide, use a cat filter. Of course. Regional minister in northwest. I saw this today. A regional minister in northwest Pakistan named uh, Shakat oh, Yusvazi. <laughs> You spot, you cut, just watch her. Gulahi. He discovered the hard way on Friday that when he did a Facebook live chat in order to brief voters in his area, unbeknownst to him, a staff member added a cat filter to his camera, which made him look like, well, really adorable. Cut to picture of him in the. Live viewers tried to alert the people doing the press conference, but the Verge uh, newspaper reports the stream continued on with the cat filter for several minutes as we cut to another shot of him in the cat filter. (laughs) (laughs) However, Yuvzazi's political party, the Pakistan... Tariq, Cat party? The PTI. Right. <laughs> they deleted the video after the conference wrapped up. However, however, screenshots of the sure, conference of quickly spread far beyond the area that he oh. represents in his felined face. Oh. Cut to another picture of him. In the <laughs> <laughs> his ears are askew. Pink cat ears and all. Then all went global. The PTI released oh. a statement on Saturday about the incident, which it blamed on yeah, human, human error. <laughs> The party insisted that all necessary actions have been taken to avoid such a future in the incident. In the the right he's is like, not amused. Here is no. a cat again. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Every time we try to have a serious meeting, off. he dresses as a cat. Uh, well, they also claim their social media team is deemed to be the uh, pioneers of social media in Pakistan. Oh. <laughs> he seemed less defensive about the incident, but emphasized that he wasn't the only victim. He says two officials sitting alongside him were also yes. hit by the cat during the meeting. Yeah, during right. the the that's, right. that's, right. that's the picture I saw. There were if like you, multiple yeah. cats. I just about shit when I saw that picture. That's I started laughing awesome. out loud at my Wait, desk earlier. Is the outfit part of the cat costume or is that what he's wearing? No, that's just what he's wearing. He's got he went with a jean, Nero the jean collar. vest. Yeah. <laughs> the sensible vest. Maybe maybe he's a letterman. I, I mean, the school. Nero collar is very flattering. I mean, though. sure. Oh. I do, uh, Okay. It goes right. with pink hair. But my God. Oh. oh, my God. That's funny. Was so fucking funny. <laughs> but why, what's worse is somebody on his team thought it would be funny to put a cat right. filter right. on his. It makes it more palatable. You know what <laughs> I mean? Absolutely. How can we make what you're saying a little more palatable? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and Nero has joined us from the. Uh, from the Hi, Nero. From oh, the, the YouTube. Oh, I'm Hello. like, where? How do you know? Nero. Hello, Nero. I, I pretend I'm going to monitor the YouTube thing, and I never do. <laughs> Oh, fuck. It's always like hours later. I, I love, I love, I love that I saw something Nero on on Facebook that that was posted about having uh, how we would call a going away party. Oh they yeah, call, yeah, yeah. They call it a go away party, and there was something about that that I really just fucking get out. Go yeah. away. Just get out. Go. I'm gonna give you a fucking gift now. Get out. I will give you something if you leave. I. And Nero, obviously, that wasn't the case because it looked like lovely. The, Annette, the, thank you. The it's sh- it's shoe cats of Zai. <laughs> but I was. 
like Malala. Oh yeah, that helps. Thanks, like, Annette. That like, helps. That's like Malala Safzazi or whatever that word is. That was fa- European. Oh. Uh, anyway, I just got that. That just tickled me. I thought that was hysterical. It the, was soft side. The, oh, you uh, soft side. Now I see it. Okay, Malala. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Malala. Yes, right. The teenage girl. Malala. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh. Anyway, hysterical. Hysterical. Yes. I'm a sweaty mask. No, oh my God, I am too. I am too. So Is she uh, in a barn. <laughs> Born in a barn. Laughing at her <clears throat> shirts. Um. So Aaron decided mm-hmm. to take off when well, it was in time for her. Should story. be right. Well, it's called a pass. Yeah. A pass. Puff puff pass. Yeah, puff puff pass. Oh, okay. So <laughs> back on board. <laughs> well, well, hello. Uh, so I was going to do this one story, but we can do that. Otherwise, Texas butthole tickling um, has finally. <laughs> I don't object. No, Texas butthole tickling bandit has. So far, finally Texas is the only caught. bad part. Yeah, bandit. <laughs> bandit. The butthole tickling bandit. Don't you know? No. I feel With like a name I... like the Texas butthole but, tickling bandit. I feel it, like I do know. It just doesn't take any imagination to know what he does after BH, he breaks in. BHTB. Fortunately, yeah. he's been apprehended. <laughs> Identified and caught by police in the early Was hours. he fingered? Did well, finger they fingered him. <laughs> they fingered him. <laughs> but gingerly. <laughs> in a tickly <laughs> sort of way. Oh, yeah. God. Tickle, tickle, tickle. Does this feel familiar? You might feel a slight pressure. (laughs) He managed to elude captors for three weeks. He has given male residents in the area a real tough time with his spat of assaults, which totaled a dozen homes by the time he was stopped. Police originally thought that their suspect was homeless. However, when they picked the man up, he was actually wearing $4,500 worth of a, a certain brand of clothing that I can't pronounce. So he, he either was... Issa Laurent? Jesus. Ye- Jesus? Oh, that's what's his face. Not to be confused with Jesus. Correct. Oh, Yeezy. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, that one. Oh, what's oh, married to a Kardashian. Yes. It's the dumb. It's the dumb. It's... There's a Scott married to a West. Kardashian. There's West. Kanye. Kanye. Oh, the slavery was a choice guy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, cracked me up. <laughs> so he either perhaps was homeless, but just dressed well. Oh, spent all his money on Yeezy shit, yeah. But he has been caught, so those in Texas can stop puckering. Okay, wait. There's got to be a story in there of uh, how did this work? What did he do? Did he break into houses? He broke in, yeah. He broke into houses? He broke in. That was his thing, yes. And while people slept nude, he Apparently. Well, and or he... he, he, (laughs) No, he he tickle, tickle, tickle. But still, So, do you then call nine one one? Someone's fingers in nine one one. How may we help yeah. you? Where's your emergency? He's My ass. Right. Yeah, but give it a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you send I me mean, car don't. in a minute? Yeah, yeah. let me finish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm toweling off, but come on over. Yeah, oh, maybe sing happy birthday to you a couple <laughs> times, and then come on over. Just catch that butthole tickling S- bandit. I don't know how he I would have if this, it hadn't been for you. How do you just not get the shit beat <laughs> well, out of him? And how do you wake up being like, I feel like I got tickled? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have answers to these. So Anand's on his way to Texas. I, I, I have to look this up. I feel there's more to this. Story. I didn't know they caught him, but I had read about the butthole tickler, and I think I watched a movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> about it or while it was happening? Well, we don't know. Tell me 
thing. There are a lot of things that happen live. So Annette asked if it's a competitive sport, and I said that, yes, I'll do my country proud, but I need to get my amateur status back. I will try to find more out about the (laughs) I think I'm now a professional butthole tickler. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that's a big step. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Is she just sprays? I'm making my concoction over here. Just ignore me. Okay. Just keep tickling your bubbles over there. But I I like tahini, so I need to know what you're doing. On popcorn. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. I am on board. Lately, my two favorite things to put tahini on are popcorn and carrots. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, right? I mean, I know a lot of people like it on like fruits and pineapple, whatever, but I am a fan of... Okay, word to the wise, do not just type butthole tickler to (laughs) Google. (laughs) I told you I watched that movie. That's why I just went to comment. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I told you I saw the movie. Uh huh. Oh my god! How does that, Are you set up on images? Of, oh my god! <laughs> wow! It's like ass clown. You know where you're going. <laughs> you know where you're going. We oh. have been here before. Oh my god! Wow, well, that oh. looks like a bad wig. Well, and he really <laughs> gave a whole new idea of breaking and entering. Yeah. Well. <laughs> breaking I mean, and tickling. Yeah. Well, but nobody said they knew if he was using his hands, Al. Oh so I was going, hoping oh, for a, a like a quill. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm picturing the feather. Yes, yeah. just uh, the one. Maybe the whole Bob Fosse <laughs> one, peacock just fan one. feather. You know or what I mean? The, or like the um, the cartoon. Uh, who was the cartoon woman who like did the dusting and like ooh ooh the French woman? You oh know? yeah, in Pretty the Beast. Yeah, like her little thing. Bebet. It was Joanne Bebet. It was Bebet. Joanne Worley for real. Yeah, like her little tickler. <laughs> he borrowed her. He borrowed her tickler. So two weeks ago, speaking of people with know. feathers, uh, Donna Marie Esprit played her final performance in Broadway Chicago at the Ambassador Theater after 20 years in the cast. During her tenure, she has played the ensemble role of June and has covered the roles of Velma Kelly and Matra, Matron Mama Morton. Each cast member handed a single long stem rose to Asbury as they took their bows and following the curtain call, producers Barry and Fran Weisler, who are still alive, there's the news, took the <laughs> stage to read letters from Chicago's director Walter Bobby and choreographer Anne Reinking. Featuring classic tunes by Kander and Ebb, Chicago to the story of Roxy Hart, blah, 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 blah. We all know this. But in this, it's now the longest-running American musical of all time and the longest-running revival ever mounted. Because we're at, like, 23 years. Yeah, it's the year after Rent. And it's still running. And they still don't have costumes or sets. No one one seems to mind that they're going to see a show that doesn't have costumes or sets. Um, So, just amazing that here, like, you know, they they do the... um, there's a thing where they give the, the gypsy quilt to the person in each in the production that's been in the most shows. You know, you are the gyp- the gypsy of the show that's mm-hmm. been on the boards in as many shows. But I don't know, like, what does it mean if you've been in the same show for 20 right. years? Do right. you just, like, give her the goddamn coat? Right. Like, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> she never oh, left. She had right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, babe. That's good. Thanks. Yeah, so, Thanks. and I can't remember which one June is. Um... I'd have to look at the Cicero? thing. Cicero? Lipschitz, perhaps? I'm not sure. Pop? She might be Pop. She's definitely not Cicero, because Cicero is um, Velma. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do you want me to look it up? No, nah, I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out one day. And Go to Hell, go to hell Kelly is one of the featured parts, but all she does is she commits the murder with the, pine- with the pineapple plantation. So I just thought that's a, a great story of, I, and Doug and I are big fans of the fact, like, people that are just working actors. Like, when you go to their IMDb yes. page, yes. maybe they've never become a big star, but they have, like, 400 credits, yes. and they've never stopped working. Made a career of it. I mean, right, they are a working actor. Like, they can go to a de- restaurant, they can yes. pay for their dinner, and no yes. one bothers them, but they're also on every TV show you've ever yes. seen. Right. 
<clears throat> and it's just great to see somebody with like this many years of one credit. Speaking <laughs> of revival, are you super excited about Kiss Me Kate? Because I am. Um, I am. It's it's gonna end because it's again it's it's at Encores. It's at City right. Center Encores, which is where Chicago started as a concert version. So this is just about the dancing and the singing. So it's a short run. I don't know if it'll transfer. I hope. I love that show. I do, I do too. Um, there are many that are very. Um, Kind of offended by the sexism of it, and I guess it's but appropriate the sex, for the time period. But the, but the sexism is the point. Like right. he's supposed to be a dick. You're right. not, he's not the hero of the piece. Right. You're supposed to think he's a dick, right? So I, I mean, you can still Tom, make, Harry, or Dick. Yeah, yes, you, you can. You can make a play about a bad person as long as you acknowledge he's a bad guy, right? Um, I saw the version with Marin Mazzi and with um, uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell mm-hmm. uh, many years ago, and had the the great good fortune of seeing the meeting the cast out. Like we met them after the show, and then they were at a bar that we were at, and oh we, God, didn't, we didn't meet Marin Mazzi or Brian Stokes, but we met like the the, sure. the next level, Michael Barraza, and the guys that played the um, the gangsters, and they were so charming, so much fun, and they Aww. had just all been nominated for Tonys, and the gangsters were nominated as one as one role, and they were over the moon about oh my their, God, the fact that fun. they were that they didn't pick one of them, they nominated them both I as one it. as one character, and it was just su- it was such a fun show. And then the Tony Awards <coughs> were amazing, mm-hmm. and just to see that number danced in that style was—I love that. Show. Yeah, it, it's got great music. It is. So, <coughs> um, I, I found this online because uh, obviously they had to do something with the news. Oh, that's back him? down there. That yeah. was him. Yeah, he might have used his hair. It's not. <laughs> it's not who I pictured. That's I pictured not what I pictured butt. either. Yeah. In my mind, he was Especially dressed like dangerous liaisons <laughs> with like big, you know, mom's big never sleeves seen and lace yeah. cuffs and stuff. I was expecting to be much, much more fancy. He looks a whole lot like <clears throat> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> right. You went in getting, you're expecting right. your butthole what? to be tickled yeah, by yeah, Dangerous Liaisons, yeah, yeah. and Bill Look, and Ted showed up. We showed up with them. <clears throat> But they brought a bomb, so can we argue with them? There you go. There you go. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> my last big story, then we've got one tiny one left. Uh, in case you weren't aware, uh, driving on the open road is not the time for looking up Saved by the Bell clips on your phone on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> a Vermont, really ever. A Vermont wake man. Up in the morning and just, uh, nope. nope. <laughs> no, not yet. Okay, I'll wait for it. A, a Vermont man learned that lesson the hard way Thursday afternoon when he sideswiped a police cruiser. Shut up. Uh, while trying to find an episode of the venerable 1990s sitcom on the internet, police arrested 55 year old Kevin Bacon, who it should be emphasized <laughs> is not the actor who commonly is referred to as. Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Uh, after he hit the Thetford Police Department squad car, the officer at the time was aiding a motorist on Interstate 91 when Bacon collided oh, with the police cruiser. Oh, that could have been scary. Bacon didn't seem to notice what happened and continued to drive for a short distance. Wow. He then stopped the car before fleeing the scene of the crash, the station reported. Bacon was nabbed a mile from the crash scene. According to a Vermont State Police report, Bacon was looking down at his phone at the time of the crash. Uh, the object of his attention, the report said, was Screech's Spaghetti Sauce, which was an episode from 1992 sure. that, according to IMDb, oh centers God. on a particularly flavorful spaghetti sauce that Screech makes yeah. during a campus TV show. And doesn't he make himself into a grandma on Cut the label or something? a screenshot from said... From said episode with the little Mario Lopez. Yeah, right he was he was really just looking at Slater's arms is what the guy was looking at. That's all I gave a Kevin shit about Bacon. that. Is there mm-hmm. someone else in the picture besides him? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, Chef, Chef Boyardee. <laughs> there. Right. Uh, and then uh, final our final story right before we, we run off to... Uh, <clears throat> oh, my bad. I, there's a, the finish of that story. My bad. The police, the police do not... 
the police report does not know why Bacon was interested enough in that episode that he allegedly had to research it from behind the wheel. However, Bacon was charged with gross negligent operation of a vehicle, leaving the scene of a crash. He was also issued a traffic citation for texting while driving. His next court date is July 31st. In most states, if you don't pull over to the left with um, a pull with any kind of pulled right. over vehicle, it's a huge ticket. If um, mm-hmm. I know Arizona has it, and New York State, the the fine is like red light running. Right. Like if you don't pull over to the left, and that's a cop pulling mm-hmm. someone over, uh, they just turn around, write down your license, and someone will chase you down later. But that ticket in New York is oh. huge. So to actually sideswipe the car, that could probably face in prison. Well, speaking of uh, getting out of a ticket, uh, our final story in this segment, a South Carolina woman who police say was drunk driving uh, will not be cited with the DUI because her vehicle of choice was a toy truck. Uh, new Cut to picture of her and her motor transportation. Uh, news outlets quote... Not, not to actual size. <clears throat> right, right. Oh, no, that truck probably is the size of her head, right? That's well, the point. <laughs> <laughs> news outlets quote police as saying that instead of... Uh, charging the 25-year-old Megan Holman with public intoxication instead of a DUI. They say they spotted her cruising down the road in a Power Wheels electric toy truck after a caller reported a suspicious person on the street. Officers <laughs> say that she was driving about a mile from her home in Walhalla uh, when they stopped Walhalla. her. Walhalla! I don't even know if that's... Can we say that? We can say that. Here we go. Let's do a little entertainment with Al Perkins and it goes a little something like, oh, where the hell I'll do this? Here we go. Well, it's Pride Month, so it's just all kinds of pridey stuff. We're gonna um, we're gonna just go as gay as we possibly can here. I don't think we've talked about the end of uh, Fosse Verdon, but we'll finish that up. It's not on my list, so maybe we did. I still have it all recorded. I haven't watched it yet. Um, you, you, you have so much to watch. Uh, we're gonna talk about a little bit about Chernobyl, the end of his show, a little bit about Rocket Man, a little bit about the Tony Awards, a little bit about Tales of the City, a little bit about things you shouldn't see. Things you should see, things you must see. There's just a lot going on. It's a lot to do. I guess there is. All right, we're going to be back in two minutes with Al and some entertainment right after this. You're listening to You Talk America.